Necessity is the mother of invention, so get ready for a mother of a ride. Gas up your laptops, your tablets, and devices, cause our asses are all quarantined inside. More and more every day, the world it feels so very far away. Less and less things to do, so pull up a chair and let us talk to you. I'm Summer. And I'm Cody, and this is the More and More Everyday Podcast. He's a fifth grade teacher. She's a historian. And this is a daily blog and interview series brought to you by the South Phoenix Oral History Project to capture and preserve the stories of students and teachers in the COVID-19 era. Welcome. Today's episode is an interview with Lalo Quesada, a special education teacher in the Long Beach School District. He specializes in orientation mobility, making him an expert in teaching visually impaired students. Lala shared his unique approach to teaching visually impaired kids remotely by using all possible resources. Hello, um, my name is Lalo Quesada, and I'm a special education teacher. I work uh, for Long Beach Unified School District uh, here in Long Beach, California. And I basically am an orientation mobility teacher, which means uh, in the umbrella of of educating uh, students with visual impairments, I'm the one that teaches kids how to get around their schools and their home neighborhoods, making sure they're safe and, um, you know, orient them to their schools, basically, because we want them to be access, have access to their school and their, their buildings and classes and stuff like that. Absolutely. And Lalo, I thought of you for this project in particular, because I'm so curious how a teacher who specializes in physical education, right, teaching them to orient their bodies and themselves, how in the world you're going to approach this from a social distancing and isolation place. So I'm sure it's a huge project or problem. Um, yes, uh, it, it is. It is because we do a lot of one-on-one um, teaching um, and um, these kids have, you know, a, a, a disability and, among, and some of them have others, but um, it, it has been a challenge, but um, our school district is, is, is great. And um, as soon as we were, um, told that we weren't coming back for, you know, five, seven weeks, um, they immediately put all the teachers through professional development classes to create their own Google classrooms. And then you, you sit there and think, well, how is it going to be for visually impaired kids? But a lot of them don't, uh, aren't totally blind. They have some functional vision. So for those kids, they were able to, um, access my Google classroom. And then for others with multiple disabilities, it ha- it's, it's basically been teaching parents how to teach their kids. So that's what we've done. Wow. Yeah. My, my first question is just, like, how are you? How are you doing? And what have been some highs and lows? Well, I'm, I'm fine. In the beginning, you know, it was, uh, what? I'm not going to work? You know, what? Uh, not that my work defines me, but I always am thinking about the kids. And, um, you know, they, they need, they need us. Um, they need our help. They need our teaching. They need our guidance. Um, so at first I had my own little mental breakdown, but then I slapped myself out of it. And then I had to realize, you know, I'm here for them as well. And for the parents. So, um, I basically, you know, um, started, uh, you know, took a breath and started, what is it that I can do? What, it, what is it that I can do for them? And, um, I just started, uh, putting myself into work and which is what I usually do and uh all the time and um 
and started helping and giving information. I'm fine myself because I am very uh, um, uh, blessed that I have a roof over my head, I have food, um, and I, you know, I try to exercise. So I'm fine, but um, I had to continue being a teacher. So one of the things we're looking at as, as students and historians is the concept of the watershed moment. So historians typically track change over time, but we're also really interested in like a catalyst. So everything was one way and now it's different. And our question for you is when you look back on the last, you know, three or five weeks or so, can you pinpoint an actual day or date that you realized that everything had changed? Well, that Friday, um, for us, it was Friday, March 13th, when we were told that we weren't coming back because of the pandemic. Um, so basically that day, it was like, you guys are going home and you guys are going to just work from home. And for me, I immediately, I'm not lying, I, I had freaked out because how does one teacher switch from being totally one-on-one -on -one with kids with um you know, special needs. So that day, I think it was Friday, March 13th for us. That was the day that I had my little Britney Spears mental breakdown. Did you attack a car with an umbrella? <laughs> um, no, but I did shave my head. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I shaved everything. I, I was, I was, I was, because I was pulling the little hair that I had. Um, I was pulling it. So, um, yeah. I just, You're in, you are in good company. Most people we've interviewed have identified that week, you know, March, what is that, 9th to about March 13th, yeah. things changed. Yes, March, yep, Friday, March 13th. Yeah, and I think it was a full moon, maybe not. I think, I think you're right. I think it was coming or it was just, it had just left. You're right. Yeah. You mentioned using Google Classrooms uh, mm -hmm. to communicate directly with your students. What kinds of tools or messaging are you using to stay in contact with them? So um, through Google Classroom, you can add all your students and their family, their guardians, parents. Um, so as soon as you send one message, it, it sends it like a notification to look at the Google Classroom and also, you know, um, letting them know that I've posted something. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's how we meet. Um, and then the other way is I have, since I have Spanish speaking students, I've made two different separate groups for email. So what I put on the Google Classroom, I also send directly to emails in English, and then I translate it into Spanish. So that's how we've been communicating mostly, and phone calls. Mm -hmm. the, the first week was just phone calls just to see how everybody, you know, how everybody was doing without even thinking of like lesson planning or teaching, none of that. It was just kind of like, how are you guys doing? We're all freaked out. And, you know, I was, I was freaked out, but I was trying to assure them you know like that we're gonna be we're gonna get through this you guys need anything you know because a lot of um my students are you know they're they live under the the poverty line or um you know they don't have a lot of resources so we're, how we're huh how are they doing they're doing they're doing fine they're doing fine from what their parents tell me and from what they tell me they're they're doing great some of them haven't had access to uh, internet, but there's been so many changes throughout the weeks of free hotspots uh, provided by the school districts, um, companies stepping up and providing free internet for months, so. Great, yeah. oh, that's good. Are you doing much voice? Are you doing a lot of vocal recordings or audio recordings for your kids? No, I, haven't, I haven't done that, no. 
Yeah. No. I imagine they would love to hear you or see you if they had a chance. Yeah, the ones that can that do have access to um, my Google Classroom, they'll send me messages like, I miss you. Like, do you, want, do you, do you know when I'm, we're going back? And I'm like, no, that's a, that's a state of California, uh, you know, Long Beach um, School District uh, uh, decision. I don't make that decision. But I, if I hear anything first, I will let you guys all know. But yeah, they're, they, they miss me. I, I miss them. I'm part of their lives. I've, I've been part of the, some of them. I've been following them for like, you know, 10, over 10 years. If they were kindergartners, first graders, yep. And since there's only two or three of us that do what I do and are, uh, you know, I follow them for years. Like there's no change of, of teacher. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I bet you miss them quite a bit. I do. Yeah. Have you tried any new like tools or, or strategies that you never thought you'd try until right now? Um, well, one thing that I have been doing is um, – I've been, now that I've been, um, that we, that I know that we're like this and we're going to be like this for a while. So what I've been doing is my lesson planning, I have been printing it, printing it out or broiling it or enlarging it. Cause I have everything here. And then I've been sending it through the mail. Nice. So because, um, you're, when you're visually impaired, I mean, this has been the post office. You can send anything through the post office for free, as long as you stamp or write on the top right corner where the stamp should be free matter for the blind and I have a stamp here. So we are visually impaired, have that, that advantage where they, they can receive or send mail for free. So what I've been doing is I've been sending my lesson plans or my lessons via uh, um, in paper through snail mail, through the U USPS. So what I do is like, if I think of a lesson for some of my students, like I, I, I got puzzles at the, the, do the Dollar Tree and then I, um, I have 60 pieces. They can do them with their family. They could do them with their brothers and sisters. And then they have to answer questions. And then they take a picture of it. And then they send me the picture. The parents can send me a picture of the completed homework or whatever you want to call it. That's so awesome. That's one, thing, that's one thing that I didn't do before. I would never send them anything. And now I'm like taking advantage of the free matter for the blind. And I could send any of my students anything, Easter activity, anything that I want them to construct. I could put a piece of glue. It could be as heavy. It, it, it could be any size and any um, weight. I know. So cool, Lalo. I, I was thinking about sending things to my students, you know, cards or postcards or just suggestions that they keep with it. But I love the idea of you using the mail for teaching as well. Yeah, because it's free, free for visually impaired. So I know it would be a little bit costlier for other, for, for teachers, you know, the stamps. Mm -hmm. But this is free. So and you can send anything. You can send a box. As long as the sender or the recipient is a visually impaired. That's yeah. awesome. What other kinds of lessons are you having them do at home? So a lot. Um, so what, what I did in the, the first couple of weeks was I, I started, I just went backwards. I went all the way back. Like, what is that they need to know right now? What's priority? Hmm. Especially if they're with their families. And so we teach sighted guide, which is the way how, how um, we walk with a visually impaired traveler. So what I basically did is I, I sent them, in, you know, informational resource. I, I would send them um, like a, not a brochure, but kind of like these 10 things to do, these 10 things that you can do um, while you're, you know, under quarantine or if you have to go to the store or if you have to go to um, Costco or Target, you know, or walk around your neighborhood. So I gave them the sighted guide techniques. And then I just said, just concentrate on these five things this week. And then next week we'll add five more things because I don't want to overwhelm them. Yeah. 
so we went we went that way so th- those are the kind of lessons we did because they are with their, their families and their brothers and sisters mm-hmm. so we went that way and then we'll keep on adding them and then i have to look at their ieps and then try to modify it or adapt it to their goals wonderful so basically i went backwards to kind of yeah and i'm building something I'm building something for the for for my for like a future. I have like an archive Google Classroom so that I this I could turn this basically with if time keep you know if we're like this for a while I could turn this Google Classroom uh, into an online classroom for students with visual impairment. So that's what I'm I'm actually looking forward to that that what I'm building up for yeah. later because it could happen again or you know who, who knows what who knows but I'm building something. You could write a book. I could write a book on how I, how I, my experience on how to teach visually impaired kids. Yeah, absolutely. And it could be a, it could be a helpful guide for other teachers in your situation, because yeah. I'm thinking about, even if there's not another pandemic, there are always going to be cases where kids can't come to school, but right, or in, another, in another country where they have to travel so far to go to a school. Why, why can't we just do it online? You know? Yeah. Oh man. Yep. You're so inspiring. I'm so proud of you. Let's talk a little bit about you. What have you been doing to establish a sense of normalcy in your life? Well, I try to, I put myself on a schedule. I was always on a schedule before, you know, work schedule. And I try to do the exact same thing now. I use my phone. My, I, I love my iPhone and I love my calendar. And I basically, you know, put myself on a schedule, you know, like working out and emails and phone calls. And, uh, and then I go outside or I'll go run errands and then I'll, Follow, I try to put myself on a, on a weekly schedule. And then we have work meetings and stuff. So trying to be on a schedule just to be normal, even though you're at, stuck at home and, you know, set some time for yourself, for work, for exercise, for your health, stuff like that. So I try to just maintain that normal schedule, so to speak. Yeah, I relate. My, my Britney Spears moment was when I was like not on a schedule, not, not behaving as if I was at work. I just was sort of depressed and like patting around the house, just sad. And as soon as I realized that if I got dressed for work as if I was going, right. And if I actually committed to a schedule where for me, it's mornings until about two. And then after two, I try really hard to shut down because otherwise I'll just be on my computer all day, every day. And I have to, you have to create some distance when you're working from home, I think. Definitely. Very good. Um, well, Cody and I, you know, my husband, Cody and I kind of started this project um, along with students because he was starting to feel almost less like a teacher, right? And we wanted to find ways to feel more and more like teachers. And you've felt, you've described a few things you've done, you know, you're creating this archive and you're creating what's going to be eventually a book, I'm hoping. Is there <laughs> anything else that you're doing that helps you to still feel like a teacher even when you're at home? Um. Well, I, I'm part of a many uh, teacher groups. Uh, you know, we're a very small profession and I like, we bounce ideas off of each other. I also have a student teacher. And so that keeps, this semester we ha- I have a student teacher, which oh, has wow. been a little bit difficult because she, she's missing out on her direct instruction. But, um, you know, collaborating and, um, and trying to figure out uh, our lessons and, um, yeah, it makes me still feel like a teacher, like I'm still collaborating with other, with my colleagues. Yeah. yeah. What do you miss the most? God, it's so, it's so interesting. Um, you know how we complain about traffic and all that? <laughs> but I kind of, I want to be in traffic again. Like, it's so weird. Like, I want to get in my car and I want to go to work. 
yeah, that's, I'm going to cry because it's just so sad. Like we took it, you know, we used to complain, oh my God, traffic, traffic, traffic. But it's like, I kind of, I'd rather have that than come back to this. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to go back to work. I want to, I don't, I'm not going to complain about traffic anymore. It's, it's fine. I agree. Yeah. I also, um, I'm not much of a hugger at work, especially, but I miss hugs so much. You know, hugs from people that should not be randomly hugging me. I still miss. Yeah, we, can't, we can't hug everybody at our work. It's just, it, 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 it's, no. it's not, yeah. I mean, we hug, yes, but yeah. you, can't all, you can't be hugged too much because it's, it's, yeah. No, I never hugged my students. At the end of the semester, I would let them choose a handshake or a hug, and they always hugged me, and I was always very uncomfortable. <laughs> but I now do I, I do love hugs. As long as they initiate it, you know, like, okay, you can hug me, but I, I never, I'm not trying to initiate hugs. No, no. But that's one thing I miss, you know, I miss, I miss that. And I agree, I miss traffic in a way because I, that's where I used to listen to my podcasts and get my news. And also just the distance between home and work. It's, it's a, you know, it's good for our mental capacity. Um, what, when you look forward to the future, what are you hoping for and what are you fearful of? Just in particular to my job or in general or? Whichever, whichever you're comfortable sharing. Um, what am I hopeful for? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping that, that um, all our, our brilliant scientists and all, the, all these smart people, they really figure out a vaccine so that we can go on with our normal lives again. I, I, I fear that this is going to go on for a long time, and I, I don't want that to happen. I think we need to go back soon. It's, it's, it's a, what's it called? It's a, um, what am I trying to say here? It's, it's, it's just, it's, this is like a new, a new thing that no one has ever experienced before. And it's scary that we don't know what can happen, but um, I'm hopeful that we could get out of this soon and that um, we, we don't lose that many lives, you know, and that we find a cure for all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you. I only have a couple more questions for you. Okay. Is uh, do you have a favorite quote or mantra? Oh my God. Mm. Uh, what's the one about uh, uh, be the change that you want to be? Be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. I think about that one all the time. You know. Um, yeah, that's my favorite. I can see that for you. <laughs> I have a question for you, just based on your interview. What got you interested in teaching and in this particular line of work? Well, I always knew that I wanted to help people, but I, I thought I was going to be a doctor. When I was young, I thought I was going to be a brain surgeon. I thought, um, and then I went through my dark period of time, and I thought, oh, maybe I'll go through, uh, like, a coroner or, like, a mortician or, like, in a um, – but I, I knew that I like to work with, you know, with people and, and socialize and help. Um, and when I went to school in Arizona, I went to Arizona State, we had um, a deaf community. And my theater teacher said I talk too much and that I should use more um, of my, like, expression, my facials, you know, my facial expressions, and, and speak less, like be more body language um, acting. 
And so she said, you should take sign language because it'll teach you to use your hands to speak and all that stuff. So there was a, a deaf community at Arizona State. So I started taking uh, sign language and then I graduated. And when I came back to Los Angeles, I didn't, I didn't know what was my next move. Should, do I go to med school? Like, what do I do? Um, and I got this uh, um, letter in the mail saying, would you like to work? Well, because when I came back, I had worked. I, I started substitute teaching just because I had a bachelor's. And, um, and I knew sign language. So I started working in special education, being a substitute teacher for the deaf, for the deaf kids here in my school district. And then somehow I got this letter in the mail or someone handed me this brochure. I don't, I don't remember, but it was uh, like, how would you like to work with visually impaired students? And I didn't know anything about it. And so then um, I looked into it. I went to go observe a teacher that does what I do. And I loved it because it wasn't inside a classroom. It was outside. It was helping people get around their neighborhoods, their schools. And I was like, I think I could do that. And then the other part was, if you get accepted to the program, no grad school. Like, I wouldn't have to pay tuition. So it was, it was free. Wow. Yeah. So that was the other one. I was like, I would love to go to school to do something that I think that I would love to do. And then... Um, you know, not have to pay for it. I didn't want any school loans. Yeah. And, um, and then they said, you, you only have to work like two, two, two years full time. And I've been doing this for 15. So I don't have to pay it back. That's so <laughs> and cool. And I just stayed. Yeah, I just stayed. And then I've taken other courses, like assistive technology courses to help like with technology with, with students with visual impairments, like how to use iPads and apps and stuff like that and how to assess them. What would, but yeah, it's been, it's been a fun, fun. And then I use, I use, do use my sign language because I have deaf blind students too. So I sign under their hands. Oh my gosh. You're so talented. Eh, I'm all right. <laughs> Just using all the tools that I learned along the way. I love it. So if you were to find yourself reading this blog or listening to this podcast, what would you be hoping to hear from students and teachers across the country? That we all freaked out. <laughs> that we all, you know, that, that, um, that we're all scared. And, uh, and then we have to wake up and realize that this is what's happening right now. And um, what is it that we can do to help, you know, our students? And that's what, that's what I'm doing. I'm basically helping my students and their families through this, you know, um, that we're still here. We're still teachers. We're still educators. We're still mentors. We're still role models. All of that still applies even through now. So we still have to be positive and caring and uh, we follow up and um, yeah, that we're still teachers. We're still teachers and educators and we still need to do our jobs because that's what we signed up for. Yeah, I agree. And you're the first person to say that we're, that our role is to teach through this and in this, yeah. Yeah. we're not taking a break. And I don't think anyone thinks we're taking a break. No one's articulated that quite yet. It's beautiful. No, and, and it's sad. I, I, I have heard every now and then a teacher saying, like, I give up. Like, oh, I'm not, that's it. Like, no. Like, no. We, you wouldn't do that to your own students. You would hate for their teachers to say that to you as a parent. So, no. We're still working through this together. This is the new thing for all of us, and we're going to get through this together. Awesome, Lalo. Well, my very last question for you um, before we ask where people can find you is what are you watching or reading or listening to these days that you've been enjoying or that's helping you get through this? Um, well, a lot of uh, 
90 Day Fiance, right? Oh, I have a lot <laughs> <You watch> that? <laughs> Before the 90 days. Oh, my God. Um, I, I, do, I, I, don't, I try not to watch a lot of TV. Um, but, yeah, sometimes it's just, it's a good thing just to kind of, like, get, you know, get out of that. Get out of your whatever you're feeling. If you're, to kind of just get yourself out of your world for a little bit. To kind of an escape, basically. Um, so yeah, I do, I do watch, uh, TV. Um, um, I try to, I try to written, maybe not physically like physical books, but I try to read a lot of teacher, um, resource resources, stuff like that online. And then I follow a couple of, um, blogs that, about with teachers with visual impairment just to get ideas and then I'll jot them down and then I'll try to adapt it. But yeah, I try to stick, um, I'm, I'm always thinking of, I am thinking of work just because I feel a little bit overwhelmed, but I'm trying to work through it. Um, yeah, but I, I do watch a little bit of TV on, on the side just to escape from all this and laugh. I agree. And last question, if people want to find you, uh, do you have any sort of contact information or social media that you are welcome to people reaching, you out, reaching out to you for? Or at? Yes, they can follow me through my work Twitter account. And let me just... Let me get that. It's uh, at, you know, for Twitter, it's at Mr. Lalo, M-R-L-A-L-O underscore L-B-U-S-D. Awesome. So, yeah, they can follow me there. They can, yeah, that's so my now, work, my work email, but I mean, my work Twitter, but yeah. Okay. Very cool. Well, those are my last questions for you, Lalo. I so appreciate getting to talk to you again. You're just, a, you're just delightful. Oh, thank you so much. It was my pleasure to share a little, a little bit of me. Um, and I hope I can help someone with this information and um, everybody should, you know, stay safe, healthy and practice social distancing and we'll get through this. Yes, we will. Well, thanks, Lala. We'll be in touch. I miss you. I miss you too. We'll see each other soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. You can find us at SouthPhoenixOralHistory.com, on Instagram at SMCCHistory, or send us an email at HistorySouthMountain at gmail.com. Music provided by Jake and Emily Speck.